Two Tribes is a two-part documentary series for RTE looking at the history of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and their roots in the Irish Civil War and how an intense rivalry gave way eventually to a coalition government. Now we bring you extended interviews with participants in the series. Lisa Chambers is a Fianna Fáil senator with a big future if she can regain the Dáil seat she lost in 2020. Lisa Chambers, thank you very much indeed for joining us for this conversation. Just tell me a little bit, first of all, about you and Fianna Fáil. What drew you to that party? I suppose it was always a natural fit. I became political, really, when I went to college, but kind of in my later years in college. And up until that point, I would have just had a feeling that Fianna Fáil were the party that represented the ordinary worker, the ordinary person. Um, that's my family background. That's the kind of upbringing that I had. And it just was a very natural fit. In a county like Mayo, it was Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, um, were the two parties really as a constant through all of my childhood and my teenage years and into my um, college years. So, uh, yeah, it just was the right fit for me personally. Were you surrounded by a lot of older men? I mean, that seems to have been the profile in many constituencies, in many common. Um, I was and probably still am to a certain extent. But remember at the time we had Beverly Flynn as well, who was a powerhouse and a very strong um, woman in politics. So. You know, she would have been the politician I was most familiar with. So, yes, whilst there would have been a lot of men, um, you know, Beverly really kind of stood out and she was always the biggest personality in the room. Now that her father had vacated the situation, I suppose. And um, w was it a natural progression for you then to stand for election for Fianna Fáil? No, I mean, it really never entered my mind. When I first joined the party and became involved locally with the Common, and it was very much local issues you're talking about, you know, the, the town centre and the local villages, um, I was still very much focused on becoming a barrister and I was continuing my studies. So that was my goal, was to, to go to the bar, to become a barrister and to go on to practice. So it never entered my mind to contest an election. Um, and, you know, I suppose events happened and... The 2011 election was was coming. Um, Beverly had announced that she wasn't going to contest that election. There was a vacancy. And often it's, yes, so it's the place you're in at the time, isn't it? What about the Fianna Fáil brand, though, uh, at that election? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a difficult election for us. It's not, you know, that's accepted. We were uh, coming out or, uh, of the, the financial crash in 2008, 2009. Um, so it was a very difficult election for the party. And... Um, but I, there was certainly, I suppose, my experience as a new candidate, having not been in the previous government, um, a lot of people were very, you know, people were very nice in the doors. They said, I'm not going to vote for you or for X, Y and Z reason. Um, but they did wish me well. And then there was obviously a core vote for the party as well that maintained and a lot of support, you know, support for me having taken up that mantle, um, going on the ticket and contesting the election, a lot of support from the membership in Mayo um, that were very proud that they had somebody to go on the ticket and, you know, very thankful for somebody stepping forward at a difficult time. When you hear the phrase civil war politics, what, if anything, does it mean to you? Um, I think that's a very, yeah, it's a very easy way to try and describe Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, oh, the civil war parties, but that, that almost discounts the last 100 years, almost 100 years of political life in Ireland. The parties have changed, they've evolved, they've grown, they've, um, you know, they've matured and that history, yes, the Civil War was the foundation, that's where we began. But even following that, you know, there were people that were um, pro-treaty that joined Fianna Fáil. There were people that were anti-treaty that at times voted Fine Gael. So things have changed. And I think it's just, it doesn't reflect accurately where the parties are today to say, oh, they're just the Civil War parties. And it's not as linear as that. 
How would you describe or characterize, uh, Lisa, the differences between the two parties? They're, some of them are quite nuanced and then some of them are a lot more obvious. Uh, I suppose I would have always, maybe when I was younger, in a very kind of simplistic way, have said that Fine Gael would represent those that are more affluent, more well-to-do, um, and that Fianna Fáil were representing the ordinary workers um, and the regular person. And that would have been, I know it's very simplistic, but that would have been how I would have viewed both parties at a younger age. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. Would it have bothered you, for instance, I mean, the, the sense that Fianna Fáil was maybe too closely aligned with people in the construction industry, with developers, uh, that the Galway tent was frequently thrown at, at, at the party, those kind of associations, which, if you like, were part, they contributed at least in part, maybe in a big part, to the, to the economic collapse? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose my own, my own father is involved in, in construction, my brother as well. Um, so I wouldn't have seen, um, there's nothing wrong with the construction industry or nothing bad about being involved in construction. So I, I, you know, I take the point you're making, but again, it wasn't something, you know, in my early 20s when I was looking at politics, um, you know, I was looking at wanting to be involved, to make a difference, to, to make my mark, um, to be involved at a community level, at a local level. And it kind of grew organically from there. Again, when I joined, Fianna Fáil, when I entered politics, it was never with the intention to contest an election. It was just to be involved in politics. What was it like getting elected in 2016? Um, it was an incredible moment, um, a really proud moment. I think for any candidate contesting an election, you always have to have that hope that you can make it, that you can be elected, that you can get elected. Um, but then there's always that doubt as well that you're not going to get there. So that moment being in the count centre and anyone that's involved in politics or, you know, watching politics, the count is an extremely exciting experience. It's nail-biting stuff. If you're the candidate, it's nerve-wracking. So just that entire process um, and being there, you kind of get the heads up that you're about to be announced as, as being deemed elected. So, you know, your family, your supporters all gather around and it's just an incredible moment and a really proud moment to be one of only a handful of people elected to represent the people uh, in the county that you're from, the place you grew up, um, you know, you're just very aware that it is, you know, you're, you're, part, you're a small part of history now in, in the local area um, and also an immense responsibility. You know, all of those issues that you've been listening to for weeks and months on the doorsteps, you now have an opportunity to do something about them because you're and elected. of necessity, I suppose, the party leader, Michal Martin, he threw you in at the deep end in terms of the responsibilities you were given. He did, um, which I relished and was very grateful for, to be given those opportunities, to have been given promotion opportunities and to be out front and centre for the party, representing the party, representing our policies. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. And, you know, he certainly put a lot of faith in me and, and gave me a considerable amount of responsibility, particularly with the Brexit brief um, in the last term. That was a lot of work but I loved every minute of it. And, um, you know, it's an experience that I'll always cherish. You were frequently spoken of and written of as somebody with a really bright future, cabinet ministry, party leadership, perhaps even becoming Fianna Fáil's first woman Taoiseach. And they're all lovely things to have said about you. Um, and, you know, I, I love being in politics. I love my job. Uh, it's a huge honour. It's a privilege and a huge responsibility. And it's nice to have nice things said about you, but you can't get carried away with those things either. You have to... Keep a focus on the work you're doing. How ambitious, though? How ambitious are you? How, ambi how ambitious were you? Um, of course I'm ambitious. And I think that's a good thing to be in politics. I think if you're in politics, you should always want to, you know, get at that decision-making table, get a seat at that table, because that's where you can make the most difference. Um, that's where you can achieve the most on the part of the people that you represent. So 
I think any politician that tells you that they're not interested in serving in cabinet or being at that decision-making table, I would ask, why are you in politics? Is it tougher for a woman to be, if you like, uh, obviously ambitious? Is there a certain wariness of people being, I don't know, judged differently from men? Um, probably yes. But then my own personal experience in politics in terms of my first election right through to where I am today has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I have experienced no barriers, uh, nothing but support and encouragement. And yes, it can be difficult at times, you know, maybe some media commentary, particularly the online space, can be quite a negative place. A little bit more so for women, I think that's accepted. Um, but I think in my own experience has been really positive, so I can only speak for my own. You, you were somebody who was seen to have performed well uh, in, in your first term, uh, particularly on the, the Brexit uh, question, uh, being on the front bench and so forth. Where did it go wrong for you at the 2020 election? I don't think it was any one thing. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a bad campaign, I think nationally as a party. There was a massive swell in support for Sinn Féin that we hadn't anticipated. I don't think Sinn Féin had anticipated it either. Um, and then probably a number of other issues. I think maybe my position on the Eighth Amendment might have lost me some votes in what is predominantly a Conservative constituency, particularly among Fianna Fáil voters. Um, so I don't think it was any one thing, but maybe a combination of things. And we lost, um, you know, we lost 16 TDs in that election. So, um, yeah, it was, it was tough. And how, how would you explain the loss of the 16 TDs, aside from it being uh, a less than stellar campaign? Was your association, your party's association with Fine Gael, where did that sit with voters, this confidence and supply arrangement? I think it's set differently with different people. Um, there would be a view within the party that we had agreed to the first three years and that probably that would have been the right time for an election and that maybe extending it for that fourth year was the wrong decision for the party, even though I still believe it was the right decision for the country. And that are the, they are the difficult choices that you make in politics because, um, you know, you have to try at all times to do the right thing on behalf of the country and on behalf of the people. So I still firmly believe we made the right call for the country because we needed that stability. We were still navigating the worst um, period of Brexit, even though it's not finished. Uh, but there would be a view that we stayed too long from the party's perspective. And what about the full coalition deal then that emerged in 2020, rotating Taoiseach and then a, a commitment to serve a full term? How, how, did, how, did, that, how, how did that sit with you as a, as a party member and a senior figure? Yeah, I, I was OK with that decision. Um, I think we had to look at the, the numbers that were returned, the, the votes that were cast, uh, we didn't have a mandate to govern on our own. Um, so it had to be a coalition government. And I think, you know, we had uh, more in common with the Green Party and with Fine Gael in terms of a coalition government than we did with other parties. So it was the right call. It was a difficult negotiation. Putting that government together was very difficult. And I think it was difficult for all the coalition parties because everybody had to make concessions. Do you think that Fianna Fáil in government will, achieve, will have achieved uh, enough, particularly in the areas which you took responsibility for in government, uh, housing and health, to secure the approval of the electorate come the next time in 2025 or earlier, if, it's, if it does happen earlier? I sincerely hope so. Um, ultimately, that will be a decision and a judgment that the electorate will make. And we will be judged on our performance in government and we will be judged on delivery. We sought those two portfolios, um, education, sorry, three portfolios, education, health and housing. They are the most difficult portfolios I think people would accept, particularly health and housing, um, where there are huge challenges. But we wanted that responsibility because as a party, we felt we had the right policies to make a difference. 
Um, there's no doubt there are challenges there, particularly when you look at housing and what's happened the last two years with the pandemic, with construction being shut down at different periods, um, the cost of materials, which is a global issue, um, now soaring through the roof. So there are challenges there, but we are on track and the numbers are going in the right direction. But that won't be my decision. That would be a decision that the electorate will make. Would respecting or could respecting the will of the people in the ballot box extend to Fianna Fáil working in government in coalition with Sinn Féin? That's a possibility. Um, it won't be a decision that I'll be making. Uh, as a party, we will have a discussion following the next election. We will see where the numbers are at. We will assess our own mandate that we have achieved in that election and what we will achieve in that election. And I think there will be decisions then to be taken on behalf of our own parliamentary party as to what um, the next steps are. No party will have a majority. That we can be fairly sure of. We know that our politics is fractured and will continue to be fractured. So we are in for, you know, it will be coalition governments from this point onwards. Do you have a principled view about whether Fianna Fáil should or shouldn't be prepared to enter government with Sinn Féin? I don't. I think it comes down to the policies. Um, you know, are there areas where there can be agreement reached, not just with Sinn Féin, but whether it's with Fine Gael or the Green Party or with Labour or any of the other smaller parties? Ultimately, it's about the policies and the programme for government that you've put before the people, um, the mandate that you've received from those that have voted for those policies, and what is the most effective way that you as a party can implement the policies that you want to implement. And that should be the priority, I think, for all parties. So, like I said, it will come down to policies and, you know, where is the best place or where is there most agreement um, and where can we implement our policies the best? At the last election, Fianna Fáil set its face against entering government with Sinn Féin. It seems from what you're saying that you, you would modify that position. Well, it's not up to me to modify the position on behalf of the party. I'm one person, I'm one member of the parliamentary party, and I hope that I'm still a member of the parliamentary party come the next election. Um, but what I will say is that there would be a view within the party that we have to respect the outcome of the election, look at the votes and the number of seats as they fall, and be willing to talk um, to all parties, I would believe. That view wouldn't be shared by everybody. Um, so we don't have consensus on that. Um, but that's nothing new there, you know. Are there people in Sinn Féin you admire? Um, I, I have great time for lots of members um, of the Sinn Féin Parliamentary Party. There's, there's some nice people there. Um, but I think the party's history and the way that it conducts itself in the Oireachtas are not, wouldn't be to my, um, my liking as such. So I don't want to get into to personalities or, or naming individual people. Sure. But, um, you know, how they, how they run their own party is a matter for themselves. From talking to colleagues uh, in the parliamentary party and then from talking with your own supporters uh, at, at ground level in, in the constituency, do you have a sense that there is an openness uh, to working with, with, with Sinn Féin? Uh, I think there would be a lot more opposition to doing it, actually. Um, a lot of our members, um, you know, can very clearly remember the troubles, um, are very aware of Sinn, Féin, Sinn Féin's history. And I think we'll be quite upset, actually, at the prospect of that. But I suppose from my own perspective, um, being honest about it, I don't think it's something that we can ultimately rule out, just like we can't rule out other parties. As I said, it will be policy focused. Would they be any more upset than they were about the idea of working in tandem with Fine Gael, either confidence and supply or in coalition? I think yes, actually, I do. Um, not to say that every member of the party was delighted with the coalition with, with Fine Gael, um, but there was a, a strong majority for that position to enter the coalition. Um, we did get the views of members right across the country and of our councillors as well, and there was a majority support to do that. 
Um, so again, following the next election, it will be about assessing where we're at and getting the views of our members, our councillors and our parliamentary party as well. Will we ever see a swagger in Fianna Fáil again? I think we're seeing a swagger in Fianna Fáil today. Um, I was with the Taoiseach Micheál Martin in Castlebar very recently. And, um, you know, the reception he got was phenomenal. People were delighted to meet him, um, excited to meet him. And there was a real buzz around um, the Taoiseach and the Fianna Fáil leader being, being in Castlebar. So I think there is um, a lot of respect for for Fianna Fáil, for my party. Um, you know, we've been around since the foundation of the state. We've been responsible for so many positive things. You think of the Succession Act in the 60s. You think of leading Ireland into the European Union back in 72. We're celebrating 50 years of that now. Um, you think of my party's policies opening the country to foreign direct investment and where that has led us today. So there's been so many positive things over the years that my party has championed and pushed for and delivered that I think people People see us as part of the fabric of Irish society, of Irish political life. Um, and there is a grow there for that. Um, I'm not saying everybody's voting for Fianna Fáil. Uh, of course they're not. But there is a respect there for, for that history. Who should lead Fianna Fáil into the next general election? Micheál Martin should lead Fianna Fáil into the next general election um, until such time as he decides to, to go on to new chapters. I think he's been an incredible leader. He has brought the party back from its lowest point in 2011 back into a party in government. Um, and I, I think there is a respect from the Irish people. I think the Irish people like him. Um, he will be described as somebody that is decent, that is a statesman, that knows his brief, that has served at different levels in government, different cabinet positions. And that experience is not something that you can pick up overnight. It is, it is after many years serving in public life. And um, you know, I think that experience is, is invaluable.